you've ever been to a wedding, chances are you've heard the words of 1 Corinthians 13 that Raider just read, right? Love is patient, love is kind, yada, yada, yada. These words have been so familiar to us over the years of hearing them in church and in weddings and other places that we almost think, this whole thing again? Familiar words, no matter how profound, can lose their poignancy, right? But this old thing is one of the most profound rubrics for the Christian life that we have in the biblical canon. It is lovely for weddings, but the word used for love in this text is not the romantic eros, but agape, the highest form of love, the selfless love of God. It is true that marriages are going to thrive and sustain. Um, They need this higher love, because romantic love just does not withstand the trials and humanity of matrimony. It won't take you through decades. But this text speaks a lot more universally than to just the newlywed. In a day and age where people are constantly clamoring to be right, and not just that, but in their rightness, to assert how others are wrong, when we have been so consumed by selfishness that as long as we are comfortable, the turmoil and tragedy of others does not matter. In a time where we have enough resources for the entire world to be fed and given health care, and yet thousands starve to death every day, and thousands more die of easily treatable conditions. The United Nations estimates that 25 thousand people die every day from starvation alone, most of them children. 25,000 people a day. Meanwhile, Christians will fight to the death over the slightest nuances in scripture. They'll call each other enemies based on who they voted for. They'll pass judgment and withhold relationships. They'll dehumanize and hate. All in the name of faith. But faith is not the greatest gift that we have to give in the name of Jesus. Nor is hope. It's not healings. It's not prophecies. It's not the secret language of angels. It's not our ability to discern and interpret the will of God and judge others by it. It's not even our stock portfolios or our good deeds or our good health or a church attendance record, even if it's snowing and super dull Sunday. It's not our reputation or our abilities. It is only and ever love. Last week we read about the body of Christ, and we saw the little ones so quickly and easily. I feel like they knew about that before I even asked them to just figure that out so quickly, how to work together. We are reminded how there is no hierarchy in the body of Christ. How we need each other to do the work of Jesus, that we cannot do it alone. To say that we are the body of Christ together means that we cannot do it alone. How we can't put ourselves above or below one another in this beautiful body that proclaims the good news to the world with one voice. The scriptures that we read last week spoke to so many different manifestations of gifts that can be utilized for the kingdom and how we can pave that path 
together. At the end of that scripture, and before this one, there was one verse that the lectionary and all of its wisdom left out. And it is this. Paul writes, And yet I will show you the most excellent way. And as a huge fan of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, this makes me think, be excellent to each other. Without love, we have nothing of value. Will anyone care what you have amassed, what kinds of things you have amassed at the end of your life? No. What will last is the memory of your love or the lack thereof. Love is the reason our hearts break into a thousand pieces when we lose someone. And love is the reason that we risk relationship with other mortals and risk such loss again and again and again. It is the only thing that will bring meaning to our life, and without it, we are bankrupt, useless. If we have the most profound arguments and do not have love, we might as well be an annoying gong, or to put it in our current language, a chirping of a smoke detector just out of reach, or that neighbor's dog that just won't stop barking. Useless, annoying, if we're able to give away billions and can single-handedly stop those 25,000 people a day from dying of starvation while eradicating measles again, but we do not have love, our efforts are empty, useless. Love is alive. Love is stronger than hate. Love is stronger than selfishness. Love is stronger than self-loathing. Love is stronger than death. The only thing in this world that will bring lasting change is love. Because it changes the heart of things. It changes from the inside out. It transforms internally and then moves its way out so that it becomes all of who we are. Beautiful, patient, kind, not looking at others competitively, but rejoicing in goodness, not unkind or thoughtless, not insisting on our own way, not allowing space for injustice, but rejoicing in the truth, persevering, hoping, believing, Strong. And again, none of us can embody all of these things perfectly. Amen? <laughs> we do it together. There might be days where we can't embody any of this perfectly. But we rely on one another. This love that we share. This excellent way. <clears throat> Interestingly, the bookends of the Old Testament and the Gospel this morning remind us of the ways in which this agape love that sounds nothing but excellent will actually get us into a lot of trouble. We saw Jesus 
in our gospel text. He had just showed that he like could throw down at his own at his own synagogue in his hometown. He said, "Listen, kingdom has come, and it's right in front of your face. It's right here." So the people in his hometown church were like, "Sweet, we're going to get some miracles up in here. This whole town is going to be healed. We're the birthplace of Jesus, and so obviously we're going to be first in line for all of the goodness." All of the miracles. And Jesus said, not exactly. <laughs> My mission is wider. I'm not going to heal everybody here first. I reach out to the lost. I reach out to the lonely. Who did Jesus heal? A woman who had been bleeding for so long that nobody would touch her. And she touched the hem of his garment. And he saw her. Who did Jesus heal? The woman who went to the well at a time when she knew for a fact that no one else would be there because she couldn't stand the scorn of her community anymore because of how many times that she's been married, how many times that she, she brought this, this shame as she walked around the community. Jesus saw her and said, Listen, you matter. You're a beloved child of God. Who did Jesus heal? Who did Jesus reach out to? The woman who was about to get stoned. <laughs> Remember? Because she was caught in adultery in the act. She was about to get stoned. Wonder where the man was, but whatever, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> and he drew a line around her and he said, If you've never sinned, be my guest. Pick up a stone. Throw it. Jesus came to reach and heal those who were lost. Those who were so ostracized from community that they couldn't come in the doors of the synagogue. So, of course, he's not going to start inside the safe, happy, warm synagogue. He's going to take it to the streets. And that's very dangerous language. So they took him to the top of a hill and were about to throw him off. But love's stronger than that. And he just moved on through. This agape love is not safe, warm, and fuzzy. It's dangerous and liberating. And the love of God perfectly demonstrated in Jesus and coursing through your veins as children of God is not satisfied with half-truths or injustice or the path of least resistance. We see through a mirror dimly, as Paul says, and we do not know fully, even though we are fully known, we can rest in that. We may always be a mystery to ourselves, largely, but we're not a mystery to God. And as we strive to live in this love, we can know that we don't even have to worry about being right. We don't have to try to win. We can simply walk in love. And as we walk in that love, we will naturally move and flow in the Spirit of God. We'll have ears to hear and eyes to see, not knowing, not doing, but being. The love of God, this agape love, this higher 
where excellent love does not require romance or hobbies in common or the same language or religious practices or the same skin color or citizenship or party affiliation or sexuality or gender. And when this love moves us, it can be scary. When we let go of knowing and let loose into living the love of God, we'll go on some seriously scary adventures. And let's be honest. In our more fearful moments, when we feel the, the, the pull of it, of this agape, most excellent love, our human tendency is to resist. Our human tendency is to just stay on the safer path, to not worry about what doesn't concern us, to just stay inside in our safe little place. But this dangerous and liberating love pushes us forward to reach past barriers, to stand in solidarity with others, even if it's so dangerous that it confuses our friends and our family. This agape love motivates us and renders every perceived inadequacy to do the will of God as irrelevant. Did you hear that? It renders every perceived inadequacy to do the will of God irrelevant. There's nothing standing in our way. Certainly not our own weakness, because you know that our weakness does one thing, and it shows the power of God. When we're willing to show up weak, all it can do is show God's power. Love is the fuel and lifeblood of the body of Christ. Without it, we are useless. With it, we are the kingdom of God, liberating, healing, releasing. Love is what motivated Christ's earthly ministry. It is what every prophet throughout history has pointed to. It is what drove Jesus to the cross and enabled him to crash through the bonds of death. It rolled away the stone. Love breathed life into chaos. And one day it will wipe away every tear. Love does not just speak to us on our wedding days. It speaks to us on our baptisms and our deathbeds and every moment in between. It speaks to us in our hustling and in our rest. It speaks to our victories and our defeats. It speaks to us in quiet moments and terrible ones. It speaks to us through our friends and our enemies. It beckons us and motivates us. It transforms us and heals us. It empowers and convicts. It, feel, it, feel, it fills us and nourishes us. It guides and protects, provides words when we don't have it. Children of God, choose the more excellent way. Live in love. Amen. Let's stand and open our hymnals to hymn number 